AM 1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Goriel lines it to center. This will bring another run home. Here comes Pham, and it's 3-0 Diamondbacks. He lifts one to deep left. Back goes Peralta, and he will want leave the yard. And the D-backs are back up by three. In the air to center field, Thomas almost in his tracks, tucks it away. And the Arizona Diamondbacks who finished 16 games behind the Dodgers during the regular season. Go into Milwaukee and win them both, sweeping the wild card series. Been to Dodger Stadium and come away with a two-game lead as they go back to Arizona in this best three out of five. On first down, Burrow with time. Looking deep, looking for Chase. He's got it, and Jamar Chase on the deep ball for the touchdown. 63 yards, Burrow to Chase. Hankerson is the back. Four-man rush for Arizona State. Blind side was exposed. Sanders wants it up. Got his man. And Antonio down near the 30-yard line. And just like that, Colorado within striking distance. You got Fafita up center. They've used that toss play from this formation a lot. They'll play Fafita. He's got counting. He'll throw. Knocked away. Bullock came over. The ball was hanging in the air. And he knocked it down. Cowling was open, but then he wasn't. 3 2 pitch. And he hits a high fly ball. Deep left field. Back to the wall. And it's gone. <laughs> Austin Riley hitting him where it hurts. And the Braves to the lead in the eighth. 2 2. In the air towards right center field. Harris going to go back. Harris back to the warning track. He leaps. Michael's got it. He's got it. They fire it in. And it rolls across the infield. Taken by Riley. He no throws play. to the back. No they play. double him off. Ball game over. Braves win. I've never seen a play like that. Oh. Four man rush. Love. End zone. Intercepted. Good night. Picked off by Amik Robertson. Three tonight. Lost control of their body. Not him. Jumped up and made the sack. After Razzle Dazzle. Coming out. Kittle. In empty space. Kittle, number two. Touchdown, San Francisco. Need to apply pressure. That ball gets out quick. Gabriel takes off, starts up the middle, and scores! Sooners draw first blood quickly, cashing in the pick. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports zone guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Tuesday, October 10th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7, the Diamondbacks, what has been most surprising? Meanwhile, uh, statewide football. 
Which coaching staff was the worst last weekend? Cardinals, Wildcats, or Sun Devils? The Phillies, will they eventually regret not winning game two? Monday Night Football, is Jordan Love the Packers' long-term answer? And uh, it's also its last call for anything from the football weekend, plus uh, anything that caught your eye since our last show, and we open for discussion as usual. Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. At 9.15, at 9.15 today, our weekly fantasy football update with John McKechnie of rotowire.com, including lots of key injuries to key players uh, from the weekend, at least key key NFL players and some key fantasy players. So we'll try to uh, hit the waiver wire here, uh, which uh, most leagues would be in the next 24 hours. 9.30 interactive action, 602-260-1060. And also the local roundup. That'll be topped by Diamondbacks and Dodgers Game 2 analysis. In the final segment of the Sports Zone, it's National Roundup topped by from the MLB scoreboard. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS question at KDUS1060.com. And today's question is, which has been the most surprising aspect during the Diamondbacks 4-0 and playoff run? The bullpen or offense are your options here. And Corey's here and has the answers to the options. Right now, the bullpen, 71% of the vote there. The offense at 29% on KDUS1060.com. The Diamondbacks uh, led from start to finish in both games at Dodger Stadium, and they can sweep the heavily favored Dodgers right out of the postseason if the Diamondbacks win on Wednesday at Chase Field in Game 3. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question, which Arizona team was most hindered because of coaching last weekend, the Cardinals, Sun Devils, or Wildcats? And, Corey, what's going on here? This is interesting. We have a 50-50 split between ASU and the U of A and no votes for the Cardinals on KDUS AM 1060 wow. on Twitter. Okay. Well, the Cardinals will have one player to catch 13 passes, 15 passes, excuse me, 192 yards and three touchdowns. That's a, that's a pretty easy case for me there. Meanwhile, if you want to make a case for ASU, ASU allowed a 43-yard completion in the final minute, which led to their loss. And the U of A could have actually won the game. There were three touchdown underdog at USC, but they opted to kick the extra point to end the first overtime. And Jed Fish was asked about that at this press conference in Tucson yesterday. And in typical Jed Fish fashion, he gave a lame answer. Uh, Meanwhile, spanning the globe, back to baseball, the Braves avoided disaster with a late-inning combination of relief pitching power at the plate and defense in the game to even the NLDS against the Phillies. Will the Phillies, by the end of this series, regret not going up 2-0 against the Braves? Also, who do you have today? Astros at Twins and Orioles at Rangers. Meanwhile, the Packers are 2-3. and three. Jordan Love threw three interceptions, the finale in the end zone to basically end the game during the Packers 17-13 loss last night at Las Vegas. Is Jordan Love the Packers' long-term quarterback? I guess that's the next long-term quarterback. Not suggesting is Brett Favre and Rodgers. Can he somebody they want to build around? Or maybe at the end of the season they need to find another quarterback. 
Meanwhile, another football weekend is now officially concluded with that uh, pick last night. Uh, it didn't actually... It was a bad couple of days in the state of Texas, let's put it that way, with the Cowboys, Texans, Longhorns, and Aggies all losing. Uh, Lack call in the sports zone today, uh, at least in this show, for the football observations that you might have from last weekend. So college or pro, local or national, get those in in this hour. Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? That's the pipeline for today. We've got all these tremendous topics in mind more during today's sensational one-hour radio program. Anything else in your mind falls into the general discussion category, so whether it's in the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, you can uh, call 602-260-1060, bottom of the hour, general discussion, or you can tweet at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only, re- the only rules, I should say, are accuracy and objectivity, and uh, if you violate those rules, or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update. That'll be followed by our weekly fantasy football update. Waiver wire discussion, among other things, with John McKechnie from rotowire.com. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, phone call time, general discussion, 602-260-1060. And also, we'll get to some local roundup. That'll obviously be topped by the Diamondbacks and Dodgers. Game 2 analysis, another Arizona victory. Still undefeated in the postseason and still haven't played a home game in the postseason. Do they want to play a home game? I'm just kidding. I'm sure that they'd like to play a home game in front of the home fans the home fans have been screaming BLA in every sport for many years, and they might be able to eliminate LA from the playoffs. I'm sure that will be a festive time for all if it happens tomorrow night. All right, you're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7. Your caddy, Ray Adams, take beyond the 18th hole on Saturday mornings with Great American Golf from 6 to 7 a.m. on K2S AM 60. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7. Your home of the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. Time for our weekly fantasy football update. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the sports done by John McKechnie of rotowire.com. All right, John, uh, Packers and Raiders, a difficult watch last night. What, what could fantasy owners take away from that 17-13 shootout? It sure was, wasn't it? Uh, just, just a joy to behold uh, the, the, uh, just <laughs> the exemplary football uh, that, that was uh, – thrust upon us last evening. Uh, hopefully you watched the Diamondbacks instead. Uh, but, That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, baby. Um, but beyond that, um, you know, Jimmy G is rather efficient in his return, but, you know, kind of the, the standard line for, for him, Devonta Adams didn't really get a whole lot going. Obviously, he was a little bit dinged up coming into the game. It wasn't uh, a, a sure thing that he was going to be active until a little bit before uh, kickoff caught everything that was thrown in his direction, but only four targets what was rather uh, surprising as far as he's concerned. Um, A.J. Dillon getting another week um, to just kind of plot away um, at, with Aaron Jones continuing to have the, the slow recovery. 
from that hamstring issue that, that you know, cropped up week one has made one appearance since then. So that continues to be frustrating. Dylan obviously has the, the market share um, qualities uh, working in his favor at, at this current time. You know, Patrick Taylor um, isn't really going to be taking carries off of this plate as long as Aaron Jones is sidelined. But Dylan is not really uh, a lock to give you much in the way of production. Um, not, not a lot of breakaway ability for him. Just a, a long carry of 11 yards last night on his 20 attempts. Uh, I thought that overall uh, the big thing for the Packers moving forward is that offensive line looks pretty abysmal. I mean, the, the Raiders obviously have a pretty decent uh, pass rush core, headlined by Max Crosby, of course, but um, it felt like every Jordan Love was dropping back. He had pressure in his face, and you don't really expect that to get a whole lot better. And, you know, David Bakhtiari's situation doesn't sound like He's going to be a factor for, for this Packers team. So things are looking pretty tough for the Pack. And, and uh, as far as the Raiders are, are concerned, they continue to be something of an enigma. No one really takes them overly seriously, but they're, they're not a total pushover either. All right. Uh, you know, it was a difficult watch, to say the least. On to our, our weekly position waiver wire uh, roundup here, so to speak. Uh, let's start with running backs. It uh, looks like uh, H-Han, Davon H-Han might be out for a while. James Conner apparently is headed for several weeks on the sidelines. So what waiver wire running backs are out there that might be hot properties this week? So we'll get started in, in Arizona. I thought Amari DiMercato uh, looked pretty good this past Sunday uh, after James Conner got, got injured. Uh, Ten carries for the 45 yards and a touchdown. Had actually played a, an amount of snaps. Uh, the week prior against San Francisco, but tough to gain much in the way of traction against the Niners. They are uh, kind of just on a different level for, from everybody through the first five weeks of the season. But DiMercato, I think, is someone that uh, if you play in, in a waiver wire type of format, definitely put him as your top priority with, with James Conner being sidelined for, for uh, these next couple weeks, maybe a candidate to go on injured reserve. Um and if you are playing in a budget type of league, I think something in the range of like 12 to $15 percent of your budget would make sense given the playing time upside over these next few weeks. You know, there's a couple other short-term injuries to consider. We'll see what this Bears backfield looks like this upcoming week. If any of those guys are able to return, you know, Khalil Herbert suffering that ankle injury, during Thursday night's game, they, they pretty much just had to run with Ray Blossom game uh, down the stretch in that one. So Deontay Foreman, who was a healthy scratch last week, uh, he pro- he projects to be on a lot of waiver wires, and I think he might just kind of be the last man standing right now. So if, you, if you're if you desperate, you can fill in uh, with some week six guys coming up. I, I think that he's a, a worthwhile addition. You're not expecting a ton out of him, but, but still should be able to give you at least a little something. Um, beyond that, Guys like Eric Gray don't really uh, appeal to me. I, I think that uh, Jeff Wilson, if he's available on waiver wires, especially in light of Devon A. Chan's uh, injury, likely keeping him out for a few weeks. But I think that Wilson, with, with his uh, IR uh, window to return starting to open up, uh, he's worth a look to. All right, so the Colts running back situation between Jonathan Taylor and, and Zach Moss, how should people try to navigate that? Boy, that's... um. That was a bit of a rug pull on Sunday, was it not? I mean, uh, Zach Moss is crushing it, uh, both in terms of the, the workload and the efficiency with, with the work. You know, 155 yards and two touchdowns is nothing to see that on 23 carries. Makes sense that, that you know, Jonathan Taylor being somewhat he's 
in, into the mix. Um, I, I don't think that that's going to remain the case for, for particularly long. Uh, with, with the amount of money that, that Indianapolis ended up forking over to, to Taylor, he's going to take over this backfield uh, before too long. It could be as early as the week against the Jaguars. So that, that's definitely something to consider. But I think Moss, at the very least, is a flex-viable consideration. I don't think that Taylor completely takes back over uh, this week necessarily. If down the line, you, you probably figure that Jack Moss is going to be someone that you drop later in the season. But right now, the way that he's running, hold steady uh, with, with him. But if I do have Taylor in any season-long leagues, I am going to, to put him in my starting lineup uh, this week, despite the, the sort of uh, underwhelming season debut from him. I'm actually in the real world of football. I'm thinking that the Colts would be wise if they traded Moss. There's some teams that could use running backs that we're obviously talking about in fantasy, but also, you know, real life teams they need some help. No, you're you're absolutely right. I think that there are a lot of teams that should be in the market for a running back now. With Taylor coming back, um, you know, I don't think that Indianapolis uh, really has a huge need for for just kind of like a premium. Uh, number two running back, I think Trey Sermon, Evan Hull, when, when he gets back, um, can be you know fine enough uh, reserve types for, for this Indianapolis offense. But I, I think, uh, make no bones about it, Indian, or uh, Jocelyn Taylor, far, far and away, you know, one of the mm-hmm. best running backs in the league, let alone on this team. So uh, if Indianapolis were, were to receive some calls on, on Zach Moss with the way that he's running, it uh, wouldn't uh, completely shock me, especially with, with some of these uh, longer-term injuries. I think Arizona, for, for instance, uh, would make some sense in this instance. Jalil McLaughlin, we talked about him last week. Um, I'm a little concerned, though, because, you know, the Broncos got to be starting looking ahead to next year, I would assume, and Javante Williams is the running back of the future, I assume. So McLaughlin, uh, you know, is my concern justified here? Well, I, I think, you know, they, they haven't had to pay Javante Williams his, his second contract yet, so – um, that there, there are some kind of financial factors that at play here where it's like if you're the Broncos and, and you have, uh, you know, a rather inexpensive Javante Williams who, who's dealing with, with that hip and, and quad injury um, and you have an undrafted guy like McLaughlin doing what he's doing right now. I mean, over the last two weeks, on those 16 carries, racking up 140 yards, on nine yards per carry. He definitely has some juice, some wiggle to his game, so... Maybe his role doesn't disappear whenever Javante Williams is back up and, and, and full go. You do wonder what what it, it's going to mean in in the uh, in the long run, long term uh, for a guy like Samaj P. Ryan, who obviously they, they brought in um, this off season hasn't been running particularly efficient whatsoever. So I, I think that he's someone that that might be at risk of seeing a role reduction. Although he does have some utility in the passing game, but I, I think it, as of right now. Uh, if you picked up McLaughlin uh, this past week, you definitely hang on to him. He doesn't need to be around or among your round of cuts uh, this week when you're making moves. John McKechnie, RotoWire.com, currently in the sports zone. Okay, on to wide receivers. Who do we want this week? Let, let's let's see here. So Josh Downs, I think uh, he he's ascending. I think for his own part, he's doing really really well. Um, really impressive player, like coming out of North Carolina, and uh, this is an Indianapolis team that I think, with Richardson being sidelined, they're going to be throwing it a, a lot more over these next few weeks. They, they threw it a ton in Baltimore when Gardner Minshew took over, and we saw Josh Downs, uh, you know, catch six passes 
on uh, six targets that this past week has, has gone for five or more targets in, in uh, what, four of his five games so far. So I, I expect that, that role to continue to expand. And, and I think in Jacksonville um, that they're going to be very focused on, on slowing down Michael Pittman. So I think that Josh Downs is going to draw the easier matchup. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to dive too far into the uh, Gardner Minshew revenge game narrative here, but uh, certainly on, on the table. But I, I do like Josh Downs, bottom line as someone that you can pick up this week. Um, Trenton Irwin, I think, is going to get a little bit of uh, free agent interest this week after how many targets he got this past weekend uh, with 10 um, against Arizona with, with T. Higgins being sidelined. You figure with, with the Bengals looking at a bye in week seven, it wouldn't be surprising um, for T. Higgins to be sidelined for another week. But I, I'm not sure that that uh, role sticks uh, one way or the other when it, when it comes to Trenton Irwin, although – with Charlie Jones being on injured reserve maybe for one week, um, perhaps Trent Irwin could be someone that, that gives you a little bit of something um, in your flex spot or, or your wide receiver three spot. Justin Jefferson's reported uh, reportedly going to the injured reserve, so does that mean, I guess, more K.J. Osborne time? And I can't figure out Jordan Addison. This has been the roller coaster ride of – you know, all time, at least for about the first four or five weeks of the season for him. So I, knowing what we know about Osborne to this point, like the, all the peripheral numbers are at best average and for the most part bad. So I think we're looking at a bit of a dead end type of uh, free agent pickup when it comes to Osborne this week. If you, know, you drafted him in the 12th, 13th round, uh, you probably already let go off of your roster. I, I know that Justin Jefferson opens up, in his absence, opens up, you know, upwards of 12 targets every single week moving forward while he's sidelined. But it wouldn't surprise me if Minnesota, and I think it would be the pragmatic move on their part to just channel more of that volume over Jordan Addison and D.J. Hawkinson. I don't really see a, a huge need for, for K.J. Osborne to, to get a major uptick in target volume. And, frankly, I don't think that he'd be able to return a whole lot with, if he did get that increased work. So, um, maybe Minnesota runs a little bit more in, in the in the coming weeks with Jefferson being sidelined, and I think if nothing else, um, you know the, the arrow is trending up big time for, for guys like Addison and Hawkinson. And I, I think um, it might be a little bit misguided. It might be a little bit of fool's gold to, to just uh, pencil in KJ Osborne as, as the hot pickup out of Minnesota. Okay, one one other quick. You mentioned the Colts against the Jags. The Jags' wide receiving situation seems to be kind of a ball of confusion, at least to me. Uh, can you help me sort that out? Can you help everybody sort that out? I wish they could sort it out themselves. It, it feels like it, it should be a pretty simple um, read for them. I, I think that Kelvin Ridley is is far and away the, the most talented player that they have in that receiving core. Um, looking at, at how they've kind of channeled the, the targets so far this year, Christian Kirk leading the way with a 24% target share. And Ingram, um, really nice ad for, for PPR leagues, but hasn't really done a ton in, in terms of yards or touchdowns uh, just yet. But he's got 20% of that target share. And Calvin Lee also with 20%. So Zay Jones, uh, he floats around. He's someone that, that can occasionally find the end zone like he did this past weekend when he's healthy. Um, but I, I think that this is going to be a, a frustrating one. Uh, for, for us uh, on the fantasy side of things because I think it's just practical for the Jaguars to – it would be nice if they threw it a little bit more to Calvin Ridley and he was the, the number one target. But I, I, I see, you know, after five weeks of the season so far, um, we're, we're looking at a very balanced uh, target distribution there in Jacksonville. So uh, a lot of these guys have 
a higher floor as a result of that, but it does kind of cap their collective ceiling. There isn't like that that clear, obvious uh, number one target uh, there in Jacksonville. Yeah, being practical sucks for us, basically, the bottom line here. I hate it. Uh, talking, yeah, me too. Talking with uh, John McKechnie from rotowire.com. Quarterbacks, any waiver wire targets this week? There there actually are. Um, you know, with, with uh, a bit of a spate of injuries or, or bad performances this, this past weekend, uh, Gardner Minshew, especially if you're in two quarterback or super flex leagues, I think is a, is a premium acquisition for, for this week. I think that he's someone that, that – you, you know, I can give you common quarterback play uh, while Anthony Richardson is sidelined that shoulder injury. So, in on Minshew, I think he's, he's the premier target this week at the quarterback spot. I think Tyrod Taylor, um, worth a speculative ad. I wouldn't go too heavy on it, but we'll, we'll see what, what Daniel Jones' status is. He's dealing with that, that neck issue that he picked up after getting sacked a million times once again uh, this, this past Sunday, this time. Uh, down in Miami, and uh, it seems like the Mac Jones experience is uh, is maybe reaching it, its final conclusion. It, it's been so rough for him these, these last few weeks. The, the Dallas game was brutal. And then, I mean, I, I don't know if there was a more surprising result across the league this week than uh, the Patriots losing 31-0 to to the New Orleans Saints at home. Yeah. So uh, maybe Bailey Zappi is someone to, to consider. I, I think we have a pretty decent idea of what, of what he can be at, the, at this level. We, he, we saw him get a little bit of run around this time last year. Uh, he's someone that can operate an offense, but he doesn't really have much in the way of physical tools. Um, his college production was, was crazy. I believe he set the single season touchdown record um, at Western Kentucky, but um, physically speaking, he's someone that, that is going to be throwing it short, might have a decent uh, you know, completion percentage, that type of thing. But when you're looking at explosive plays and, and yards per attempt, it's probably not going to be there with Zappi. And I think that this New England offense as a whole is just really uh, looking to be trending extremely downward. Matthew Stafford, I assume he's owned in most leagues, especially you know, two quarterback leagues for sure. But you know, he faces a Cardinals defense this year, this week, I should say, that has no defensive backs that basically can cover anybody. Quite frankly, zero. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we thought, with, with, I mean, not a lot of people can, can cover Jamar Chase, but uh, the, the Cardinals uh, definitely among that group, to, to, to be certain. I mean, that was a record-setting day for, from Chase. Um, this past week, and, and you know, to to be honest with you, uh, look, looking at my waiver wires for, from last week, Stafford was available in a lot of my one quarterback leagues with, with shallower benches. So there is still a chance that Stafford is bouncing around out there on your waiver wire. And if that's the case, this is a great week to pick him up, uh, going up against the Cardinals, and then you, you've got a game against the Steelers on the other side of that as well. So I think that those are two um, somewhat. Uh, vulnerable secondaries, to, to say the least, and I think Stafford, especially with having Cup uh, back in the fold, that, that adds another layer to, to his upside. So things are really looking good for Stafford, and if he is available um, and you need some quarterback help, then he's, he's the obvious slam dunk choice. Okay, on to some tight ends, if there are any. Uh, maybe Logan Thomas, former Cardinals quarterback, who is now uh, certainly Sam Howe likes him, huh, in, in Washington. So I... I I can't believe what we saw on Thursday night still um, with, with Washington. I mean, you, you have Sam Howell drop back 50 times, and 10 of those targets go to Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. Like, make that make sense. Please, somebody. I I could not uh, make heads or tails of that. Um, does Eric the enemy 
you know, kind of get get his head together and, and start channeling more of those targets to those two guys a little bit more. We'll have to see. But in, in the meantime, um, assuming that Washington doesn't figure it out, which is probably a safe-ish bet, uh, Logan Thomas, as long as he stays healthy, is probably someone that's going to be drawing targets in that Washington offense. So um, in a, you know, a tight end landscape that it's, we're pretty much just looking for players with a pulse, Logan Thomas at least has that. All right, John, let everybody, let everybody know how they can uh, get a hold of your stuff and listen to you because, uh, you know, contrary to popular belief, you do a whole lot more than talk to me for, you know, 20 minutes a week. <laughs> uh, well, well, this is the highlight of my Tuesdays every single week. I also join the guys on, on Sirius XM um, on our uh, Rotowire Fantasy Sports Day show. Um, that is 8 to 10 Eastern on uh, every weeknight. Um, I usually go on during the Monday night football game, so, so check me out if you're on XM as well. And then uh, beyond that, I do a NFL betting podcast with, with uh, Nick Whalen over at Rotowire, and uh, that that's every Thursday. And also Mario Pui, uh, who uh, used to be on these airwaves, uh, the very same ones. Uh, him and I do uh, the Rotowire Fantasy Football Preview Show. That's every Thursday as well. You can check that out on, on the Rotowire YouTube and all of our social media channels. All right, John, always appreciate it. Thanks much. Much appreciated to you as well. Have a good week, and I'll catch you next Tuesday. Okay, sounds good. Next segment, phone call time, 602-260-1060, general discussion. Also, some local roundup. Certainly, we'll get into the Diamondbacks and Dodgers game two. Second verse, same as the first to some extent. Even though the first inning, a little different. You know, Sunday, uh, you know, Saturday night? Saturday night, it was... Uh, the Line Drive Festival against Clayton Kershaw. Last night it was the Dink Festival against Bobby Miller, but the Diamondbacks still produced runs in the first inning, and that made things a whole lot easier for Zach Gallon last night. And he kind of needed it to be a little bit easier. Uh, Gallon not, um, didn't have his best stuff, but enough to get by, and they win a game. So we'll get into that a little more in the next segment. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. Local roundup time, also phone call time if you want to get in. we got time and room right now, 602-260-1060. So feel free to interrupt if you'd like in this segment. On to the local roundup, the Diamondbacks. One more win away from sweeping the Dodgers out of the postseason. Arizona has led every inning in the first two games of the NLDS in the Saturday night. Uh, game one, they bludgeoned Clayton Kershaw and knocked him out in the first inning. Game two on Monday night, it was three more first inning runs with primary, uh, soft, primarily soft contact. A little different, but it worked. Uh, Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallen, who both had terrible history, against the Diamondbacks in their career, against the Dodgers, excuse me, in their careers, both benefited from leading 6-0 and 3-0 before they ever stepped on the mound. That helps. Uh, Gallon last night danced around base runners through five and a third innings. He allowed just two runs, it turned out. He gave up five hits and a couple of walks, struck out four to get the 16 outs that he accomplished last night. 
From that point on, the bullpen for the fourth time in six playoff games slammed the door. Last night it was Andrew Salfrank, also Ryan Thompson, Kevin Ginkle, and Paul Sewell that combined uh, to pitch the last three and two-thirds innings of shutout ball and another Diamondbacks playoff victory. The offense scored three runs in the first inning on two infield outs and a two-out uh, Lourdes Gurriel single. The Diamondbacks uh, you know, only had four runs total. They got the last run on a Gurriel sixth-inning home run. So uh, that was enough for last night. The Dodgers, plenty of scoring opportunities. They were 2-for-12 with runners in scoring position. Uh, that's during the first two games. They stranded 13 runners overall in the first two games. Also in those first two games, Clayton Kershaw and Bobby Miller have pitched a combined two innings. They've given up nine earned runs in those two innings. Uh, Miller last night, four hits, struck out one, walked two in an inning and two-thirds. And uh, Dave Roberts had seen enough and went to the bullpen at that point. And actually, the Dodgers' bullpen gave them a chance to win the game. Kershaw and Miller have a combined earned run average in these first two games of 40.50. That is the worst starters earned run average over that span in postseason history, according to ESPN Stats and Info. Bottom line, the Diamondbacks have won four consecutive playoff games all on the road against National League division winners Milwaukee and Los Angeles. The Dodgers have lost five consecutive postseason games, going back to Game 2 of last year's NLDS when they lost and got eliminated by the Padres. Up next, Wednesday uh, Wednesday night, it's Brandon Fox to start Game 3 for the Diamondbacks. Even if this goes five games, that'll be the only game in this series, unless something strange happens, that Allen and uh, Merrill Kelly would not start. So, big game for uh, the Diamondbacks with the, the non-game from their two aces, quote-unquote. Uh, the Dodgers scheduled to go with Lance uh, Lance Lynn. He actually pitched better for the Dodgers went after uh, trade from the White Sox, but he still gave up a major league most 44 home runs on the season. Also in today's local roundup, the one and four Cardinals. One and four, yeah, one and four Cardinals. I kind of lose track at some point. I might probably be saying that late in the season. They're six point underdogs against the two and three Rams in Los Angeles this week. The Cardinals. Uh, we're actually just four-and-a-half-point favorites uh, in the look-ahead line last week in Las Vegas, but after the weekend events, they are now up to six-point underdogs in that game. Cardinals on Monday did add a running back to the uh, to the room. Uh, they added uh, you know T.J. Jones, uh, Tony Jones Jr. from the uh, Saints. He used to play Notre Dame back in the day, and then it was reported this morning that James Conner Headed the injury reserve. He's going to miss uh, several weeks. Probably, apparently, at least the gist that I got this morning from these reports, that he's going to miss more than just the four-game minimum on injured reserve. Uh, also, uh, yeah, Jones Jr., I mentioned Notre Dame. He's played in the NFL with the Seahawks and also the New Orleans Saints. Meanwhile, the 1-5 uh, and five Sun Devils, I guarantee you, guaranteed they will not have another second-half lapse this week. They have a bye, so that's why I can guarantee that. In case you missed it on Monday's show, ASU has been outscored in five of six games this season after halftime. They've been outscored by a cumulative score of 93-39 to 39 after halftime so far this season. Meanwhile, the 3-3 three and three Wildcats, eight-point underdogs this upcoming Saturday at 4-1 Washington State. Noah Fafita uh, was named the Pac-12 Freshman of the Week. 
on Monday after his five-touchdown, 303-yard passing performance in the uh, the uh, 43-41 overtime loss at USC. But the word out of Tucson is that Jed Fish is going to go back to Jaden Delora as a starting quarterback this week, assuming that Delora is healthy. And that's a revenge game for Delora. Remember, he started his career at Washington State and transferred to the U of A before last season. Also, uh, just you know, Frank, basically, Fish spent part of his Monday press conference making excuses, in my opinion, as to why the U of A has three one-score losses this season. Um, nobody at the press conference, and I'm not surprised about this, and, and I wouldn't have done this either because it's not, not very professional. But it would have been interesting if somebody just asked him, maybe you're the reason they keep losing close games. But, you know, that's just not going to happen. And uh, like I said, I would, if I were a part of that press conference, I wouldn't have stepped up and asked that either. But it would have been interesting how he would have responded, and I'm sure he would have given some kind of BS answer. All right, coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's show, Sports Zone with the National Roundup. That will include so a little from the scoreboard action and uh, a few other items that we'll uh, get in before the one-hour extravaganza ends. Uh, don't forget tomorrow, back to the usual three hours of local programming in the morning with the Sports Zone from 9 to 10. And uh, we're going to try to do a USC football update. They uh, they head to Notre Dame this week. Notre Dame's now lost two games. That game's lost a little juice. But curious about USC, uh, they should have lost to the University of Arizona on Saturday night. Their defense has not been proved from last year, so we'll see if we can find out what's on going on with the Trojans. But that's tomorrow. One more segment today, so stay tuned right here on KDUS AM 1060. And KSLX HD2 100.7. Welcome back. Final segment of today's Sports Zone. You all know the thank you song. That's what this is uh, with ZZ Top. There's a Bonnie Raitt version of this that we used to play occasionally, but I think that's long gone from our system. Uh, I actually prefer the Bonnie Raitt uh, edition, but I, you know, who wouldn't prefer Bonnie Raitt? No offense over Billy Giddens and Dusty Hill. All right. Welcome back to the final segment of the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060. And KSLX HD2 100.7. Thank you, time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever else up to the cracks. Also, our weekly fantasy football segment with John McKechnie of rotowire.com. Some injuries that we all in fantasy land have to navigate this week. So we tried to help you out with that. John did. I just listened and followed along and took some notes. Wednesday at 9.15, we're going to try to catch up with uh, USC. Usually it's Scott Wolf, and uh, we'll see if we can catch up with that and uh, preview the Notre Dame game for this upcoming Saturday. Sound of the day courtesy of uh, TBS, Fox, Pac-12 Network, uh, ESPN, ATL 680, the uh, Braves flagship, and also NBC. Special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And uh, a couple quick things here from the scoreboard. Travis Darno and Austin Riley hit two-run homers. The Braves, you know, were pretty much done. They actually didn't have a hit into the sixth inning last night against Zach Wheeler. Then they got to him. Pitch count was up, and they definitely got to the bullpen. 
Uh, Arno was actually Darno, excuse me, was starting in uh, favor of the slumping Sean Murphy. So good move there by the Braves, and uh, they ended up winning the game with the Riley home run in the eighth inning and a spectacular play to end the game. So they win that game, tie the series. Game three, Wednesday in Philadelphia, Aaron Nolan. Uh, Aaron Nola is expected to be the starting pitcher for Philadelphia. He threw seven scores innings against Miami during the wild card round. Atlanta is yet to name a starter. It appears it either be Bryce Elder or A.J. smith Shaver, a 20-year-old rookie who has had some good moments in the regular season this year. So we'll see if that uh, kind of, uh, if he's a starter, if that uh, kind of slides into the postseason. Meanwhile, we mentioned this with John McKechnie earlier in the hour. Not exactly a thrilling football game last night in Las Vegas. It was a difficult watch, let's put it that way. Uh, the Raiders got uh, some excellent performances from guys that haven't played much. Uh, Robert Spillane, actually, he's played, but didn't. he had one career interception before last night. And uh, cornerback uh, Amik Robertson, I don't even know who Amik Robertson was before last night, uh, his second start in five games this season. He had the big interception at the end of the game that clinched the victory. The 17-13 victory for the Raiders against the Packers last night. Jordan Love was intercepted three times, um, uh, you know, twice by Spillane, and once by Robertson, the game-ending pick in the end zone. And that snapped a three-game Raiders losing streak. The Raiders offense did just enough, I think is a good way to put it, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was okay, which is pretty good for him. 22 of 31 for 208 yards passing. Uh, he did throw uh, another interception. He now has an NFL high seven picks, and he missed a game. And he still leads the NFL in interceptions for the season. Jacoby Myers caught seven passes for 75 yards, and Devontae Adams caught four balls for 45 yards. Uh, Love was not good. Again, three picks, as I mentioned, 16 of 30 for 182 yards. He's thrown five interceptions over the last two games, both of those Packers losses. And uh, the, the two teams, I mentioned, kind of difficult watch. Well, the Packers ended up with 285 total yards, Raiders at uh, 279. That's a difficult watch. Meanwhile, around the NFL, Colts quarterback Anthony Richardson has an AC joint sprain of some kind. Uh, he's expected to miss an undetermined amount of time. I keep checking during the, sec the during the breaks here in the hour. I haven't seen anything about him being placed in injury reserve yet, but I think it's going to happen at some point. We mentioned uh, Devon A. Chain uh, and uh, James Conner earlier in the show, but uh, you know they look like uh, that they're headed for injury reserve. I don't think either of those is quite official yet. Kevin O'Connell said on Monday that Justin Jefferson. Uh, would uh, not be back in the field before he's fully healthy. Well, it looks like Justin Jefferson's also going on IR, arguably the uh, best non-quarterback, at least a skilled player in the NFL. And uh, the Vikings off to a terrible start already. In addition, the Jets, this is horrible. And their offensive line's not good. And Elijah Very Tucker, I don't think there's much doubt he's their best offensive lineman. He turned Achilles uh, in the game on Sunday at Denver. Last year at Denver, he tore a biceps muscle and missed the rest of the season And that, after that. And now it looks like he's out definitely for the rest of the season this year after another injury on the same field that he suffered that injury last year on. College football, uh, Dane Daniels, former ASU quarterback, Brian Kelly said on Monday that 
uh, Daniels didn't experience any further shoulder injury uh, issues, I should say. Uh, Daniels actually left that game on Saturday, the comeback against Missouri briefly, but came back and led him to a victory at Missouri. Riley Leonard, the Duke quarterback, making progress. We're not sure if he's going to be ready for Saturday's game against NC State. All right, that's it for the Sports Zone for today. We'll be back tomorrow for three hours of local programming, which was the case on Mondays and then Wednesdays through Fridays. The Sports Zone from 9 to 10, and the Extra Point hosted by Kayla from 10 to noon. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on this on this Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.